Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hi, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking about what's all the buzz with Seattle.
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. All right, so today we're going to be talking about another one of our favorite cities, Seattle. And on this podcast, I've got with me my travel journalist husband, Jeff, who is going to uh, show us around Seattle as well. But before we get into talking about Seattle, we want to talk about something super, super exciting. We have got another getaway giveaway to Seattle. Uh, This time you can win a two night stay at the Fairmont Olympic Seattle, which is just an amazing hotel. We're going to talk a little bit about it later and two $50 gift certificates to the Pryke Brewing Company. So you can go and have a couple meals on this amazing Seattle getaway. So to enter is in the show notes. It's http colon backslash backslash bit.ly backslash Seattle giveaway. Again, the link is in the show notes and you're going to actually need a code word. And the secret code word is bees. Bees. So make sure when you go and enter the contest, the giveaway, that you select bees to uh, to put your entry in. So now that we've got you all excited about Seattle, let's kind of move into start talking about some of our favorite things and why we love Seattle so much. Well, one of the places that we're obviously we're, we're doing the giveaway is to the Fairmont Olympic, and I, I've been to Seattle twice the last uh, two. I've been to Seattle many times, but the last two summers I've actually been there. Uh, last year with you, and then then this year I went for an event at the Fairmont Hotel. Uh, this past summer, I got to spend. A, a couple days uh, at the Fairmont with their B Olympics, uh, which is basically their extracting party. They have, and you 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 got to see this last year, um, uh, Shauna. With uh, they have urban bees and an urban garden up on top of their roof, um, the rooftop. They are actually the first uh, hotel and restaurant in the city that actually had bees, and now many many have them and and stuff. So they they extract all their honey, and they have this big huge party for a lot of their their clients and, and, and whatnot and stuff. And, uh, they do this big extraction party in, uh, usually in, in August and this past August, I got to go, go check it out. We did a bunch of, um, tastings of all different uh, products that they have there. We got to go to a, the West Seattle, uh, urban, uh, a bee urban garden, uh, there that they have there. Um, uh, in West Seattle, which is really cool, uh, we got to learn all kinds of bee knowledge on us. Uh, but anyway, we got we got to taste a bunch of things, and a lot of the products they have just at the Fairmont Hotel. They have honey beer, they have honey cider, which you really loved a lot too. Um, and then they also have a new thing called a uh, new thing uh, honey infused vodka. Uh, so all this is. C- produced from their rooftop bees. Um, they have this big extraction party, gather up all the honey, and then they also have tons of food items and whatnot, stuff like that. So it was a really great um, celebration for two days uh, this past summer. Like I got to ha- go hang out there. And the Fairmont, we got we got to stay there twice the last two uh, two years. And it's the Fairmont Olympic Hotel. It's blocks away from the Pike uh, Marketplace, um, which is you know one of the biggest uh, tourist attractions in Seattle. And all the other things that are surrounding it. There's the Ferris wheel that's uh, that's near there and stuff. Um, but it is just a really cool historic hotel. It used to be also the site of the original uh, University of Washington uh, was the first site, I should say. Um, <clears throat> but it just has a lot of history. It's a really cool location, a really
really cool uh, uh, building, and, and uh, the staff is just like really awesome. They 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 really are welcoming and cater to all kinds of needs there. They have a, a few different restaurants that are are really like everything is really amazing there. Yeah, and it's like one of those hotels where when you walk into kind of the lobby, like you feel like you're being transported back to you know the 40s and 50s, you just, there's like this opulence kind of that you feel and you almost just want to kind of stand there and take it all in. So it is really um, a quite extraordinary hotel. Um, I think there are very few hotels, especially around the U.S., that are, that are like that anymore, that have that kind of detail and that, that you know, historic features that they've really kept as they've, you know, really modernized the hotel. Yeah, because it has all the modern uh, amenities that you want. Um, and it is just, but it is, yeah, it's one of those cool classic hotels with all the, the modern amenities uh, that, that anybody wants in, in, a, in a hotel. They also have, which we'll mention in a little bit, we're going to talk with one of the chefs from the, from the hotel, uh, the Georgian Room, which is this fantastic room that, that, that they had the big uh, extraction party where they actually had the, the uh, you know, the, 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 um, the combs and everything like that, the, the hives, I should say, and they actually were extracting the honey right there in the middle of the room. But this room is, that's the coolest room, don't you think? It's just like one of those classic rooms that you walk in and you have a, a meal there and it's just beautiful to have a meal. Yeah. And you, you suddenly feel like, you know, you need to remember your not only table manners, but, you know, how do you eat properly with the right forks and what are you supposed to do and where are you supposed to put your napkin? Like you feel very prim and proper. And yet they're serving, you know, really modern cuisine, um, you know, amazing food. And it's just it's again, just like such a cool location. So whoever wins the getaway giveaway, you are in for such a treat because this is just such an amazing hotel in, in such a great location and we're quite jealous actually <laughs> we might actually join you on your stay yeah and actually breakfast is included to in the in this georgian room and their breakfasts are really awesome they have a, a bunch of different great things uh hopefully they, uh, depending on what time of year hopefully they still have some uh honey uh so in honey infused dishes and whatnot stuff like that but uh, i actually had lunch there the day i got there this time and had one of the best grilled cheeses I've ever had with, with they had like slices of avocado on it. It was like seriously to die for. It was really awesome. So you will love your stay at the Fairmont. I, I love staying at the Fairmont. Uh, they're now friends of ours. Uh, they're, it's just, a, it's just a really cool, it's a cool location because there's so many different restaurants and neighborhoods and you're right near um, Pike uh, marketplace and whatnot and stuff like that. So Seattle is just, it's just really grown into this really cool eclectic city that I really love a lot. I love discovering new, new neighborhoods and new, um, restaurants. It seems like there's rest, new restaurants opening all the time there. There's new bars and cocktail places. I went to several different cocktail places, uh, with actually, actually Casey from the, from the, uh, Fairmont hotel. Um, our, our main PR guy there and friend, uh, took a bunch of us journalists out to several different cocktail places around Seattle. And they're just re- a lot of really cool ones these days. Um, so I, I really like that a lot. Uh, one of the other places that we discovered too, that is one of the Fairmont's partners and our giveaway partner as well, Pike Brewery. Um, it is in again, it's in located in uh, their breweries in the Pike Marketplace, and I, I like the market. You know, it's a fun place. It's it's a very crowded and and touristy location, but it's one of those iconic places that you have to go and check out and stuff like that. But I had no idea how cool. 
uh, Pike Brewery is. It, it is really this great place that you want to go hang out, um, have a beer. Have they have a really awesome food? It's a relaxing uh, atmosphere. They have tables and they also have. Uh, sofas and and if you want uh, if you call ahead of time or you I think you email them you could actually get a, a tour of of the brewery and stuff like that and they have tastings and whatnot and like I said the, the 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 beer all their beers are really great um, their owner Charles Finkel uh, who actually gave us a tour he is a walking Google search uh, of beers I mean he this guy knows so much about beer he is the owner and founder of Pike Brewery and he still runs it. Um, he he also designs many of their labels and whatnot and stuff. And so they are the the partners with the Fairmont Hotel, and they came up. This is their their first product, their honeymoon sweet beer, and I absolutely love this beer. But uh, Pike Brewery is just one of those really cool places. Uh, like I said, in, located in in the in the Pike Marketplace, and you're really going to love this, uh, especially the winners of of the uh, the this giveaway too. So uh, so start off our our uh, Seattle episode. We as I mentioned, we talk with Charles Finkel. He is the the owner and founder of Pike Brewery. He is just this really great guy. He's a great entrepreneur. Loves Seattle. Loves the diversity of Seattle. And of course, loves beer. So I think you're going to enjoy uh, our conversation with Charles. Can you give me a condensed version of why you decided to start uh, your brewery back in 1989? So we uh, we uh, were at that time uh, engrossed in the beer business in a big way. We owned a company called Merchant Devan Corporation, and we were the first craft beer marketers to market a variety of different tastes in beer. And we started that in uh, 1978. So by 1989, the craft beer industry, uh, although it was uh, t- tiny by contrast to what it is today, had grown to about 260 breweries in America and up from two when I started in 1978. So that was a pretty significant uh, increase. And uh, I, I love beer. That was my reason for starting Merchant Devan in the first place. And having worked with some of the world's greatest brewers that I had an opportunity to do uh, during that time because I was fishing from, the, from a barrel, in a barrel, because uh, no one had ever approached these breweries before, uh, I, I had a lot of confidence that uh, if we started our own brewery, since we were advising some of the greatest breweries in the world, we could ourselves uh, create a world-class beer right here in Seattle. And from a philosophical point of view, I felt that uh, as a consumer, if I could buy the same quality uh locally produced that then those that I was importing I would be more well served and uh, that that had to do with the philosophy of not only uh, beer but uh, food in, in general uh, we had become by that time very active in the slow food movement which was a movement that uh, that supports the idea of local agriculture uh, so uh, at that time, we sought out the the uh, place in uh, our state that was the most uh, food-oriented, uh, and that was the Pike Place Market. In other parts of the country, 
the major tourist attraction is a bridge in San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge or the Empire State Building mm. in New York or the Alamo in San Antonio. But it's really only in Seattle that a farmer's market that purveys food is the major tourist attraction. And uh, so we thought, well, what an ideal place for a craft brewery. And uh, that's when we made the decision to not only import beer, but also to have our own brewery. And uh, that was 27 years ago. And we're delighted that we did. Now, instead of having uh, 260 competitors, we have over 5,000 competitors. <laughs> it's, it's grown a little bit. Uh, exponentially. <laughs> um, so why, why is Seattle such a great uh, craft beer city? Well, according to Michael Jackson in his book, Beer, he edited that book, uh, published by Darius Kinsey, I had something to do with it because I introduced restaurants to the concept of offering beers of different tastes at a time when most restaurants offered beers based on where they were from or what brand they were rather than what the style of beer was. So it was our goal to introduce people to the classic styles of beer, which we started doing in 1978. So we were the first to import, for example, sour beer. Now sour beer is all the rage, and people assume they just discovered it yesterday, but we imported the first sour beer in 1978. Mm -hmm. The same with Belgian beers. We were the first to import Belgian beers. And now Belgian-style beer, which we make ourselves, our Pike Monk's Uncle is one of our biggest sellers and really a fantastic beer, uh, are all, all the, the mode. But uh, at, at the time that we started, no one even knew that Belgian brewed. They, first, they didn't know where Belgium was. And second, they didn't know they brewed beer. And uh, that obviously has changed. And... Uh, Oatmeal stout and porter and smoked beer and imperial stout and uh, really great Doppelbach all are were beers that were not readily available or if at all at that time and uh, we we introduced them to people so Jackson says in that book that uh, that I'm the reason that uh, Seattle and or and Portland are the two greatest cities to drink beer in the world. <laughs> nice. Um, so I met you, and we, we went. We, You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> we we tasted the the honey beer um, when I when I was up there before. What what other kinds of beers? Uh, the, the, the the honey beer that you guys have with the Olympic Seattle, uh, the yeah. Fair, Fairmont Olympic Seattle. Yeah, that's uh, the that's the honeymoon suite. Right, right. What other kind of beers do you guys have that is interesting like that that you guys are selling right now or making or in the process of of releasing? Well, uh, the beer that we just introduced for our 27th uh, birthday party is Pike Place Ale. And it's interesting in that it was the first beer that we brewed in 1989. And then when we when we moved the brewery from the little spot directly where uh, below where the fish are thrown in the Pike Place market, uh, we moved with an adjacent door to the market, but not our real estate owner was not is not the market. So the market asked us to change our name from Pike Place. So we changed our name to Pike and didn't skip a beat except that first beer that we brewed, Pike Place Ale became Pike Pale Ale and never did as well uh, under that brand. But uh, the market has since, 
20 years later, sought us back out to say, we made a mistake by asking you to change your name or change the name of that beer, would you consider doing it again? So we worked out a licensing agreement with the market, and because it's a market and it supports local agriculture, we uh, we proposed that we make a beer uh, under the Pike Place Ale name that's made from all local ingredients. So we make it with uh, Skagit Valley Malt, and we have a relationship directly with each of the farmers that contribute the the barley for the malt and with a new specialty maltster uh, up in the Skagit Valley called Skagit Valley Malting, uh, first new maltster in Washington State in a hundred years, and uh, with uh, growers in the Yakima Valley, for which uh, Washington State and the Yakima Valley are the largest, last year we became the largest hop producers in the world. So that beer is being introduced in its original screen bottle design with Washington State ingredients, and it's delicious. So that's really exciting. We just introduced uh, Pike Vita, and it's a beer made with single-origin coffee beans from Papua New Guinea. It's really, really delicious. Uh, We brewed it so far three times and just recently uh, brewed a double batch of that. And uh, currently, we're brewing Old Acquaintance, or we have brewed and we've released Old Acquaintance, our holiday ale. But this year, it's different than it's ever been before. In the past years, it's basically been our that same Pike Pale Ale uh, seasoned. But this year, we uh, followed the tradition of making our holiday beer stronger. So it's about 8% alcohol, and it's seasoned with, uh, with uh, coriander and two different kinds of uh, cinnamon, cassia bark and, and cinnamon, and it's phenomenal. And in that case, it's called Old Acquaintance, and uh, each year we dedicate – uh, that holiday beer to an old acquaintance of ours, and this year it's being uh, dedicated to Charlie Papazian, who I think I've known for uh, 35 years, and who I who I have ultimate respect in and recognize as one of the the great, uh, uh, probably the greatest contributor to the success of craft beer in America, also home brewed beer, and those two can hardly be separated. He was the founder of the American Homebrewers Association, and he is the president and founder of the Brewers Association, to which all craft brewers, ourselves included, uh, belong. What are, what are some of the things you love about Seattle, though? <laughs> well, I, I love the, uh, the inclusive attitude of Seattle, and particularly where we are in the Pike Place Market, and specifically where we are in the Pike Pub and the Pike Brewery, and that is that that we are an equal opportunity uh, uh, service provider and beer provider and food provider provider, and uh, we love the fact that our employee base is multi ethnic, multicultural in every way, uh, and uh, and that our our fan base. And, and including those people that uh, come to visit our pub and try our beer and our food are the same. So uh, we delight in that. We love 
the re reason really they come here is because it's so beautiful in Seattle. Today is no exception. The sun is shining and it's it's uh, 70 degrees and almost like a spring day, though we're told it's, is it winter yet? Close to winter. And the availability of every direction. We did a wild mushroom and pike beer dinner two weeks ago in Seaview, Washington, on the Pacific, mm -hmm. actually on the Columbia River, where it meets the Pacific. It's the very uh, southwestern part of our state. It's just gorgeous over there, not to speak of one of the greatest places in the world for oysters on the half shell. Mm -hmm. And then in the other direction, the Olympic National Park, or in other direction, the Skagit Valley, where we get the the uh, malt from, and and it's one of the one of the most beautiful and one of the most productive agricultural areas in, in the in the world. Just beautiful here, right. and and that beauty and multi ethnicity leads to and and a little bit of an outlaw mentality. Uh, whereas, for example, from 1921. Well, actually, from 1916, when Prohibition was passed in our state, until 1978, when Jimmy Carter signed a law making home brewing legal, the the greatest uh, proponents of home brewing were those people in Alaska, Washington, and Oregon, which coincidentally <laughs> are the furthest afield for where the authorities that wrote such ridiculous rules were, were located. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, it, that that certainly had a big influence on on. Uh, I guess you could say the same with marijuana. People were smoking right. it here and disobeying the law long before it became legal. Right. And uh, so you can imagine what what a society would be like. If homebrewing were legal, it would be <laughs> close to disaster, right? No. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, so where where can people find you uh, in uh, in Seattle then? Well, we're in the right in the very heart of the city, in the Pike Place Public next door to the Pike Place Public Market, and we're on fourteen fifteen First Avenue, and uh, but we're not just at fourteen fifteen. We're two floors below it as well. So our brew house extends three floors because we're Gravity Flow Brewery. And uh, and our restaurant, the Pike Pub, is on the interim level between the brewery level on Post Alley and the entrance on First Avenue. And we're also a museum of the history of brewing. So uh, we're very proud of, of our place in, in that history, though it's relatively small. By comparison to those breweries that I represented in Europe, it's like yesterday, mm -hmm. but we're 27 years old, which is ancient by craft brewery standards, right. and uh, and uh, we definitely have a an environment where people are are uh, crazy about beer, knowledgeable about beer, and supportive of good beer, and supportive of people like us that are entrepreneurs that are are uh, making a living without the benefit of uh, some huge international corporation financing our endeavors and and thwarting our efforts to make great beer. So if I could, uh, that that's the one thing I'd like to to emphasize to your listeners mm -hmm. is know the difference between craft beer and crafty beer and support the craft beer and boycott the crafty beer, please. <laughs>
Okay, so next we spoke with Chloe, Chef Chloe Lee. She is um, from the Fairmont, Seattle, and she's been working at the at the hotel for a while as a, as a chef, one of the, the the main chefs there. But now she's actually the head chef of the Georgian room, uh, as we mentioned before, at the Fairmont Olympic Hotel. Uh, she's really cool. Um, has been working with uh, their former head chef, uh, Chef Gavin, and uh, works with the bees, works with with the urban garden. So she's going to talk a, a little bit about that and just give us a little bit more uh, local perspective on Seattle, a uh, place to go eat, place to go grab a cocktail, and place to just go hang out. So um, we enjoy our conversation with uh, Chef Chloe Lee. So tell me about yourself and your job at the Fairmont Olympic Hotel. Interestingly enough, uh, you kind of hit me at a, at a great point because I recently uh, became the restaurant chef at the Georgian, um, which is a pretty cool opportunity for me. I've been working at the Fairmont for oh, a little over three years now, um, and it's kind of been the place that I've cut my teeth as a chef and, uh, you know, learned to make mashed potatoes on the same line of the restaurant that I now get to write menus for. So it's kind of a, a cool full circle, full circle for me in that and a, a pretty exciting time to be in Seattle. That's very, so, that's very cool. Congratulations yeah. on that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. How did you. So how did you get into cooking? You know, interesting uh, question. I was actually a barista and I was teaching organic gardening in middle schools and sort of supplementing my teacher income, making coffee early in the morning. And um, the place where I worked was buying their pastries from a bakery down the street, and that got too expensive. So I was like, hey, I can make muffins. Why don't I just bake all of the pastries for our cafe? Which sort of snowballed into me realizing that baking requires a lot more technicality than I uh, had at the time. And I ended up going to pastry school, sort of inspired by that desire to, uh, you know, get better at at baking. And um, that's actually how I started at the Fairmont, was in the pastry. Right. So that's how how you got to the Fairmont? Mm Mm-hmm. I was in school. A friend of mine who I was in school with started working here and was like, hey, Chloe, you've got to come to this place. The chef is great. You know, there's a garden, there's everything you could imagine, you know, it's just the Mecca, uh, for, for what you want to be doing. So she pulled me in sort of reluctantly. And the second I saw the kitchen, the second I met the chef and I got a glimpse of what was going on here, I was, you know, I fell in love. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. nice. And and, And now you're the big boss there. You know, I'm 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 working on it. I I always have a lot to learn, but um, you know, I I like I like the hotel for what it is. There's a lot of history. There's a really ingrained uh, hospitality culture, and it's so cool to work with people from all over the world. You know, you don't get exposure like that a lot of places, and that's been one of the coolest things for me here. Is just you know, there's always something to do. Always new people coming through. There's always something going on. You know, there's never a dull moment. Right. It's, it's definitely one of those high-end hotels that's really, it's inviting and, and, and warm and stuff. It is. It is. I love, like, getting in a cab at 4.30 in the morning to come open the restaurant. My cab driver's like, oh, you're going to the Fairmont Olympic, you know, typing 411 University Street into Lyft. You know, right. everybody knows where you're going. Right. Um, 
and it's a, it's a big boy and a pride for me. So yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So mm-hmm. so you touched upon the the garden that you guys have on the rooftop. You also also have bees up there. So tell us a little bit about the garden and, and the bees and how they play into your guys. You know, using that that in your cuisine. Um, the bees are doing really well. Uh, we have actually up to eighteen hives, which was totally uh, beyond my expectations for this year. We started the year with five, and they've just exploded. We have uh, 12 floors in the hotel. And then on top of that, we have a little area where we started out just sort of experimentally having a couple hives. um, And they did so well that it just kind of kept growing. And over the past several years, we've integrated a garden into that. um, And that's become a way for every cook who comes into the kitchen to connect a little bit more with something bigger beyond the walls of the kitchen. Everybody who cooks also tends the bees. They also work in the garden. Um, And all of the honey that we have on the roof, we very minimally process and we make beer out of it. We make cider out of it. We're making a vodka next year out of it. Um, And then on top of that, it goes into all of our pastries. We use it on all the dishes in the restaurant. And we actually, um, in the Georgia now, have a chef's black box dish which is whatever we have on the roof and um it kind of just spurs that inspiration in the kitchen and it kind of keeps people going and it helps us connect to sort of what's going on outside right right and what what, what was those things weren't you the creator of of the the uh the almost the marshmallowy thing with the honey and the chocolate on the bottom yeah the honey fudge. The honey, the yeah, honey yeah. Fudge. Oh, yes, yes. You created mm-hmm. the honey. Yeah. It, it's, you know, that's, that's un- like unexpected, <laughs> unexpected claim to fame. But basically my favorite foods, honey, salt, butter, you really can't go wrong. <laughs> right. I don't even know what, I don't even recall now how that mm-hmm. came out of my brain. Um, but it actually took me several months to be able to recreate the first one that I made, which was super frustrating for my boss at the time. Cause right. they were like, right. this is so good. We have to make this again. And I was right. like, I have no idea. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, now it's, now it's in the repertoire and, uh, we use it for everything. Yeah, it's super delicious. It's 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 seriously crack. It, it, is, it is it is awesome. It's really great. I can I can die happy knowing that I've contributed <laughs> that honey a, fudge to the world. You know that, that, that is a good one. That is a, uh, yeah. You might have to break away from the Fairmont and uh, sell that <laughs> sell that on your own. Not a bad idea. <laughs> um, so, are you from Seattle or are you a transplant? I I'm a transplant. Um, one of most everybody here. I actually moved to Seattle in 2008 and. Prior to that, had been living overseas. I actually grew up in Indonesia on the island of Papua, which is the easternmost island. It's fairly remote, and um, I grew up in a pretty small community there. And it's a really beautiful part of the world. And um, came to Seattle, I guess, not having done much research because I had no idea what the weather was like and what anything was like here. But um, the you know city kind of captured me. It's a super easy city to live in. Transportation is amazing. Uh, it's really easy to have a kind of consolidated life, and there's like always something going on. Um, and as I alluded to with the people at the hotel, there's just such diverse culture here. You know, you can't not find your place in Seattle. Right. What are what are some of the cool neighborhoods or restaurants or bars that you like to go to? 
Mm. Well, I, I love Chinatown. I think, um, that's gotta be one of my favorites living there. Um, I just recently moved out of Chinatown, but I think that that, you know, that the immigrant community in Seattle is, is everything. And I have, that's definitely the concentration of my favorite restaurants. There's this one Sichuan East place and they have this dish called cold noodle. And I don't know, I will never try to recreate it, but it's like these spicy, sour, cold, awesome noodles. And that bowl is like my favorite thing to eat in the city. Um, rain or shine, but there's also Beacon Hill is awesome. It's a little south of downtown, and uh, there's a lot of cool development happening down there. Um, there's an awesome Baja place called Baja Bistro that has the most amazing torta, um, steak torta there, and a margarita. That's perfect. <laughs> That's and that sounds good. It's it's simple and delicious, but you know we also have a great cocktail scene. So downtown, that's I definitely love to drink around. There's a lot of classic cocktail bars that are just awesome. Right, right, and there's a lot more popping up these days too, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there definitely are, and that's kind of a, a. It's difficult to keep up on, but it's fun to like walk around when you haven't walked in a certain neighborhood in maybe a month, and you're always going to see something new, you know. Right. And Seattle, Seattle's a real neighborhood kind of city, too, mm-hmm. how it's laid out, right? It is. And it's. I think that's one of the things that I love about it is each neighborhood is super unique. You almost get all these little micro towns inside a bigger city. And they're, like I said, super well connected by public transportation. You know, one minute you're in Capitol Hill, you know, it's a, a certain age group, a certain vibe. You can, you know drive or walk 10 minutes and you're in a completely different place. Um, let alone that the city is totally buffered by water. So then all of a sudden you're at a beach, all of a sudden you're at a lakefront park, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's hard to leave for that reason. Right. Um, and also Seattle has a ton of like islands and, and other stuff to do outside mm-hmm. of the city. Are there some places that you love to go to right outside the city? I love, uh, Actually, the, my go-to place when somebody from out of town is in town is taking them on a very brief uh, little water taxi ride across the sound from downtown over to um, Maono uh, in West Seattle. Super delicious. Um, there's this Hawaiian place called Marination. And they just actually was a food truck and then they built a brick and mortar and they do just amazing masubi and sliders and tacos. Um, But there's also a really, I like to take the ferry over to Bainbridge Island. It's a nice like tranquil ride over there. And there's a little bakery that I call the toast bakery. Um, but I go there just to eat toast because they'll serve this like giant slab of toast just slathered in butter, and you can just get that in a cup of coffee, and it's perfection. <laughs> nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, um, what's what's something that would surprise people uh, going to Seattle? Hmm. Uh, that the weather's not that bad. I think. I think that's like the biggest the biggest thing that right. uh, most people are surprised by is that it's. During the summer, it's the most gorgeous place to be. Right. Super beautiful. Um, 
Yeah, and there's a lot of really awesome farming in this area too that I think I was surprised by just the variety of food that grows here you don't really realize um when you first get here right right and then this last time I was there the bee population all the different bee farms all around the city now too yeah definitely you know I think that's one thing that I love about the culture here is when Somebody sees something good happening, they're like, let me jump on this boat. How can I help you? How do we make this happen? And when it's something that's good, like the bees or like gardening, you know, it becomes a really sort of beautiful exponential growth rather than a competition. You know, we could be like, we're the only hotel downtown or an X block radius that has 18 beehives and a really prolific rooftop garden. Um, but that's not the attitude that you get, you know, the attitude is like, Oh, you keep bees too. You know, how do we do this? How do we get more people to do this? It's that sort of excitement about good things that I really love about the food scene here. Right. Right. Uh, so, and last question, um, what, why is Seattle a great time to, to visit right now? Right now? Or any, any time, uh, anytime, but you know, why is Seattle such a great place to, to go visit? I think it's great because you can do a thousand things in one day and have the best day, or you can just hang out by the beach for one day and have the best day. It's really a choose your own adventure kind of place. You know, every night of the week, you can go to a concert every night of the week. You can see a gallery show every night of the week. You can have an awesome meal and you're going to be surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. And I think this city has a really cool balance of people who work different times of day, people who work all kinds of jobs, and you're always going to find, you know, a full bar, you're always going to find a full restaurant, you're always going to find, you know, a crowded show because there's always people there who have similar interests, you know? Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing about it. Okay, so now you have a little bit more insight uh, on Seattle. If you've never been before, if it's been a while since you've been there, um, now you know probably some really you know more interesting places to go, um, and maybe even discover for yourself. There's so many really great neighborhoods uh, that are just developing all through Seattle, and uh, and there's so many things to see and to do and to eat and to drink um, these days and smoke legally now. Um, <laughs> marijuana has been legal there for for a couple of years and, and whatnot, so. Uh, so just def it's definitely a great place. One of the reasons we're doing this giveaway uh, for Seattle and as well as other uh, the other giveaways that we've done before is we want you guys to check out these cities. We want you guys to travel and to uh, explore these cities. Like I said, if you haven't been there before, uh, it you know Seattle is just an iconic place uh, to go check out. Um, and if you if it's been a while or if you go there a lot, you know hopefully maybe we give you some more insight onto some other places that you've maybe never been or eaten or or drank at and, and stuff like that. So I uh, hope you enjoyed Seattle and um, and hope you get out there and and I, I and we can't wait to uh, pick a winner on this uh, Seattle giveaway. Yeah. So just remember the Seattle getaway giveaway is two nights at the amazing Fairmont Olympic Hotel Seattle plus two $50 gift certificates for uh, Pryke Brewery. You can go have lunch one day, go have dinner, or blow it all out in, in one, one sitting. It's totally up to you. Um, again, the link is in the show notes. It's http colon backslash backslash bit.ly 
backslash Seattle giveaway. And again, the code word is bees. You're going to need to know that. So be sure to uh, share this on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, share it with your friends. The more times you share, the actual more entries that you get for the getaway giveaway. And, um, you know, maybe you've been wanting to come to Seattle for a long time, and now is a great chance to get out there and explore. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Shauna Game and Instagram at Millennial underscore money. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. 